Welcome to Mary Liar Talks, a podcast that discusses mental health and spiritual well-being. Before we jump in, there may be episodes that are particularly sensitive for some listeners. And if that applies, then I hope you'll be able to join me whenever you feel ready and able. Today's episode is on postnatal depression, and I'm with guest Samantha Amakihe. Samantha opens up about her experience of being a first-time mum, not feeling right soon after the birth of her son, and what helped to make things shift positively. Let's join in the conversation. Samantha, you describe yourself as a wife and mother of two beautiful children. And I just love that because that's so you. You're very (laughs) positive, very encouraging. And I think it's going to be interesting because when I think of postnatal depression Mm -hmm. and you in terms of your personality, your character, they don't mix. So it's going to be an interesting discussion. (laughs) In your own words, what would you say is postnatal depression? I think people can guess you know and put two and two together but yeah just enlighten us well firstly thank you so much for asking me to do this I really appreciate it I never really thought um, I'm sure I'll expand it more but I remember my mum saying that you two will be able to tell your story about this season when I experienced happened and when she was saying it in the midst of it you're like whatever mummy I don't mm. even want to hear that but to think almost 11 years on to even talk now is so powerful but my definition I would say is you have a baby and so Somehow, I don't know why, a depression can come over you or can come over mm-hmm. some mums. I felt it was very unexpected. It was something I never, ever thought would happen. Sure. And it's just this low, really dark period, you know, that just was like a wave. I didn't see it happening mm-hmm. and it just lingered. And it was a really, really upsetting time. Very, very upsetting. And, and was this when you had your first child mm-hmm. or your second child? First oh. child. So my beautiful boy Benjamin this was 2012 my son was two weeks overdue and you know mm. it's a long long time yeah. he's a real mummy's boy um so he wanted to stay in a bit long so you're just anticipating the birth and you know what labor and everything and then finally mm-hmm. oh my gosh he's here and it's just you know it's just a euphoria of like you've got your baby now it feels so many years ago but I do remember those feelings of just you know giving birth and having your baby and just looking at your baby thinking oh my goodness this baby is mine I'm responsible Mm. for this baby and that was it it was just literally okay you know just trying to figure out breastfeeding and so on and all of that that followed so so leading up to the birth of your son Mm -hmm. it sounds quite like your experience and your feelings were quite normal about the labour you know looking forward to the birth and having a baby or first it was just you know I was getting impatient because yeah of course late July and Mm. I always remember my friends saying because my friend and I we were pregnant at the same time and I think she gave birth a few weeks beforehand and she just said just be careful of the baby blue and that just threw mm. me I was like what are you talking about so you know mm. when you give birth you never know you can feel a bit blue a bit down and what do you know what made her say that no and that was really right. random that she mm. just came yeah. out and said that and I'm thinking now thinking back maybe she had gone through something similar but didn't really go into detail she was just like just be careful baby blue like oh okay right. no one has and that was anything. was that her second 
pregnancy. That was her first pregnancy, yeah. That was her, her very first, first pregnancy. Child. So um, that kind of caught me off guard. I didn't expect anybody to say that to me. I just brushed off. Benjamin came. Mm. So it was all normal beforehand. Sure. So then after the birth of Benjamin, mm-hmm. when did you start feeling that something wasn't right and what were you feeling that made you think, hang on a sec, this isn't how I should be feeling? Yeah, I've been thinking about that because I remember bringing him home. I remember me and Edmund, my husband, we would just figure it out. Like, oh God, he's crying. Okay, let's feed him. He's just in the routine. And then I didn't realise how much I love being outdoors. And I felt okay. okay. It's the first couple of days. My mum, she came over to help. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm indoors all day, all night. It's summertime because I was born in August and I'm indoors. Mm. So I was feeling this kind of claustrophobia kind of feeling. And right, I yeah. remember just feeling like, I need to get out of the house. I need to get out right, of the okay. house. And I remember yeah. being with my son. And the way my mum was with Benjamin was very different from the way I was. My mum was loving and kissing and talking to him and everything. And I was very much feed him okay here you go mom i'm done you can take it so it's the more, more mechanical very you... very mechanical and she would say you know you can talk to him you know you can mm. and i'd be looking at him thinking i love this boy i love my baby but i just mm. don't feel right i just don't and i remember the first week it was um like the saturday after i gave birth that was one of the darkest moments i remember my family came to visit me and it, i mean it, it feels emotional even just remembering that time mm. and i remember holding my son and I looked at Edmund and I just said I feel like I'm in a dark hole and I'm stinking I remember just clearly saying that to him I feel a dark hole and I'm sinking and sinking and sinking and I was freaked out I was absolutely freaked out by that feeling because I kept on thinking if I go darker and darker and down further down into this hole I'm going to get into a very very disturbing place and it was like God was saying you need to it's like you need to do something otherwise you're going to get into a very dangerous place Right. It's even good that you communicate that to Edmund. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I had to. I'm not the type of person who will keep these type of things to myself. I would always speak up to him as well as my sister. She knew how I was feeling. I was very open about it. Very, very open. How long did this dark place, how long did it take to come out? And was it that conversation? Was it you opening up and sharing that with Edmund that changed things? Did it continue? And what was the trigger? The trigger, I think, was the fact that I couldn't just get up and go and I even say it to new mums you know just life is now going to be very different you can't just get up and go oh I want to go out it's you have to start planning and things so that Mm. that liberty of not being able to Mm. get up and go was completely taken away and I hadn't even thought about that and the whole change I didn't realise you know sometimes I do struggle with change and this is a massive change from um, a couple to now we've got a baby and now I can't leave the house as much as I would want to and it's summertime Mm. And I just want to be out in the fresh air. And I've got now a baby and responsibility. So I would say this to Edmund. I would tell my mum. And I thank God my mum. She's a retired midwife. But she saw the sign uh, in the way I was acting, the way my mood was. And right. I clearly remember her saying to me, go and lie down. And she took Benjamin and she was praying in the living room. After that was very small. So I could hear her. And I could hear her praying for me. Just praying to help me during this period. And I just remember just trying to reach out to people to say, have you 
experience it? Am I alone mm. in experiencing this? You know, is this normal what I'm going through? Mm. And Sabrina, uh, my sister, was trying to connect with other mums in church to mm. say, okay, you know, is, is this going on? Are, are other people, have other have you, other mums experienced this? And it was just some had, and some, you know, one, I think she called me. Yeah, she did. And I was so grateful just to hear what mm. she was saying that I didn't feel mm. like I'm some abnormal woman. Because you just want sure. to have somebody who can understand what you're going through. Of course. You of know, course. and not feel like yeah. some, I'm a freak or mm. you do not mm. appreciate your, your first form. Especially in a typical African culture, you can be like, no, be quite enjoy this time. This is your baby. Like, yeah, but I'm struggling as well. This is a big deal. I'm mm. struggling. I don't want to be feeling this way. So I'm not going to keep this in myself. I just need to know if this is, if other people felt this as well, you know? So mm. it did last, it did last probably over a month, probably a couple of months. Um, but couple not, months. Yeah, but not as intense as what it was when it first started off. It did, you know, the gradual period, it, it, it got easier and that dark, darkness kind of just faded away. But it wasn't immediate. It did take some time. Mm. So when, how you've described it in terms mm. of this darkness mm. started fading away, mm. is there anything that you can pinpoint mm. to say that that's when it started to shift? That's when things started to change? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I believe it was when I, I, I was prayerful. I was very prayerful in the midst of it. Um, okay. My mum was extremely supportive, extremely mm. supportive. She would come over and stay with me. Um, I'd go over to, um, I'd go over to her place and I'd have a break. I, I believe it's when I realised that I can leave the house with mm. my baby I can when okay. I felt more confident to leave the house by myself with Benjamin and um, because I would be looking around and I'd be looking for baby groups to attend and they would always say things like oh um, baby has to be six months plus so, oh my gosh are you joking I have to wait my baby to be six months old before I can go to a baby group and yeah and that was like what and then all of a sudden I got like a phone call I, you know when you when you have your baby you're registered to so many different things and they contacted mm. me so they said we want to come over and see you and talk to you about what is available I said harm any visitors I welcome people <laughs> like I love when people would come and visit me I was if I can't go outside and come to me I will, I will welcome <laughs> them and when they came it was like there were two angels when they said to me there's a baby group just down the road and it, um, they take newborn I said I'm there I am mm. there and that's all they needed to tell me I said okay I think mm. I could go that week I said I'll be there next week. and I made mm. sure of it that that was the thing I needed to do I needed to just get out of mm-hmm. the house I needed to be around mm-hmm. other people I needed to speak mm-hmm. to people and just feel not not even talk about what I was going through but just feel like I'm mm-hmm. not in this world because Edmund would leave home about eight and not get home till six so it's just like yeah. me and the baby me and the baby like, mm-hmm. I'm not used to it it was it was like this kind of panic attack at times where it's like mm-hmm. oh my gosh I'm at home by myself I'm at home by myself with the baby you know and it was just this I need to get out I need to get out this kind of I don't know it was just mm-hmm. so surreal but when I had baby group to go to oh gosh if even if I had to walk there I would have gone I had to get out mm-hmm. and make my way there and that was literally eye-opening for me it, it was like my door out of that dark basically because um from what you were saying I started to realize it's not even just about going out you know and getting fresh air mm-hmm. it was about going out going out for a purpose yes. mixing with people exactly. you know having something in the diary to look forward to Absolutely. and just having been around peers you know who are going mm-hmm. through exactly the same thing you know exactly. all, you know newborns and, and mixing with that yeah. yeah I mean I really learned a lot about myself I didn't realize
realized how much I thrived on being around other people. You know, I've spoken right, okay. to many other mums yeah. and they're like, oh no, I was just at home. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, spend so me and my baby time. Like, oh, yeah, and you feel a bit rubbish when they would say that, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, people just, are different, aren't they? Exactly, exactly. People yeah. are so different. And I just thought, okay, this is who I am. This is what mm. I know what I need. And I needed that. So that was absolutely fine. Yeah. So with then your second child, mm-hmm. your daughter, mm-hmm. did you have any concerns leading up to the birth in terms of going through that again? Or is it that you felt, you know what, I'm now more experienced. And I now know that this is what I need and therefore this is what I can do. Exactly that. Because I'd made a testimony, I remember in church when Benjamin was about four months old. And so when I was pregnant the second time, uh, five years later, people were like, oh, Samantha, you know, be mindful. I was like, look, you don't even need to tell me that because I've been praying already and I know what I need to do. I knew exactly mm-hmm. what I needed to do. My daughter, like her brother, was overdue 10 days. Even that, I was just prepared for whatever would happen. And my mum once again came over to help out, but I knew what I needed needed to do and this time round obviously my son was in primary school so I had to pick him up that was my outing I knew we had a purpose to leave the house and that, mm. that darkness didn't even exist and I thank the Lord it did not come close to me because I had learned so much about myself I'd be mindful of how I feel you know if it's sunny out okay I can go out just a little bit with the pram I felt more confident to go out a lot more earlier than I did with my son you know your newborn and like oh, I don't want to take them out they're only a few weeks old but mm. I thought it was, it was a lot different it felt so mm. much more confident and it was never an issue never never an issue you've kind of talked about how you learn about yourself mm. Mm. you know through that experience what tips or advice would you give to yourself to Samantha you know those years ago do you think you would say something to yourself and what would it be this could be leading up to or during that dark period what would you say to yourself I was prayerful I think I would have mm. myself just trust God know that he would not give you a child and not give you the strength to get rid of it and to take more advantage of what your mum was doing because was, you know when you're sleep deprived that also affects you of course I, I just had this kind of mission like some people say like in your trying to understand like breastfeeding and all and all of that like you feel like you're preparing for a test like okay and i'd be up at 2am in the morning my mom would be like i'll go back to bed i'll look no mom i need to watch i need to learn what needs to be done i don't know why i did that i really don't understand why i was like this panic of my mom's eventually going to go back to her place and i need to know get everything from her before she goes but it's like why was i doing that to myself you know i even say to my mm-hmm. mom if you've got someone helping you just give the baby over and you go sleep and i was a shock to the system you know no one told me how sleep deprivation really affects you and no one really told me about how your hormones can just rage up and down affect your mood and i think i would have just said look go out for a walk even if you don't go with the baby you want to just keep the baby at home your mum's at home go out for a walk just go and walk there's nothing mm. wrong with that i didn't even think about doing that type of stuff just mm. to get fresh air just to be out and about you know go and meet a friend because i would literally mm. look 
forward to going to the doctor. I would look forward to walking around to the park because it just meant I could go outside. So don't feel guilty about those type of things. You know, you're not mm, a bad yeah. mum. That's what I would tell myself. I could go mm. That sounds like good advice that you could give to someone who's currently going through postnatal depression. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. My sister and I started a baby group. We had it running for a couple of years and it was on the premise of we just want mums to come together and feel they can just offload and just, you know, do what you want to do, talk, pray, you know, just be there to laugh and joke. And I've always been very open. How are you doing? Mm. How are things going? Are you struggling with anything? You know, do you need prayer? Do you want us to meet up? Anything like that because it was absolute goals. When people say they want to come and visit me or if they want to meet up with me, it was gold. And I think it was something, I was a bit annoyed that I didn't hear much about this when we were at church. Only when I made a testimony, and I, I love our church, it was just something that I'd never heard anyone talk about before. Mm-hmm. And then when I made the testimony, I had about two, three mums, maybe four mums come up to me over the space of months, and they were telling me some deep, dark things about what they were going through. Things I thought, wow, mm-hmm. I had no, I was nowhere near what they were going through. Why on earth have we not spoken about this type of stuff? How can we keep yeah. these things to ourselves? You know? Yeah. Really, really bit messed up kind of things, and thank God they came out of it. Mm. Why should it have taken me to give a testimony? But I, I mean, I can see why because number one, it's personal. Number mm. two, you probably don't even know if someone out there can help you. Um, true. Very true. But but you know. Um, some people aren't as open you know they they tend to keep things or want to not so comfortable sharing what they're going through with others yeah it sounds sounds more hidden than it is exactly and you know even speak to a health visitor or midwife and they come and do their checks you could feel like oh i don't want social services to get involved and i don't want to know what's going on so you do keep strong you don't want anyone like outside outside your media family should i say to know what's going on and you know, mm. I remember one mum said she kept it right from her family for about nine months or six months or something I was like what? Right. Oh my goodness me I was yeah. so shocked but I can understand why were you just like expected as a new mum to get on with it you know baby needs to be changed you know mm. the way the media portrays it it's not always as, as glamorous as what it looks it, it doesn't look glamorous doesn't. to me from where I'm sitting it's a blessed experience anyway absolutely like one of the things you mentioned was how you looked forward to visits you know meeting with friends which is surprising to me because when I think of someone who's just given birth and mm. with a newborn I think oh my gosh you know baby crying and changing nappies the feeds you know the house is a mess I would give them as much space as I can because I don't think I that person would want me to be there given that there's so many things going on and and they're trying to get to grips with it and they're sleep deprived. So why would they, why would they need a visitor? You know, they would probably, so it's, it's interesting what you're saying. I, I do that. I even think that mm. I reminded myself that, well, I, I remember thinking all the baby d- does is just sleep. <laughs> 
So imagine you, your baby, you feed your baby, you change your baby. She just sleeps. So you're just, mm. I can't play with him. When he's awake, cool. <laughs> but he's a, when he's newborn, newborn, he's just sleeping. So I've got time. Mm. So I was fine. Mm. You know, I, I know people were like, oh, give her some space and give her some time. I, and mm. I know as a, a new mom, I'm sure some people would have said that and do say that. But for me, no. I, I was receiving visitors in the first week and I did not care. <laughs> I was like, please, come, come please and, come see, and me. see me. Yeah, I'm see happy. Us. To, yes, it just felt like the outside world was coming into my house. So I yeah, was, I get that. Yeah, I was more than happy to receive visitors, even mm, when I had my yeah. daughter. I a couple of weeks. Come on board. I do not mind. I do not mind at all. Mm. If you don't mind me breastfeeding, mm. cool. Mm. Just sit and chat and enjoy. One of the things you mentioned was about how much your mom was a support. Support, you know, you shared with Edmund, your sister helped, you know, calling people. I was thinking about how it can be very difficult if someone's going through a dark period. How can you help? How can you support someone? You know, how can you lift them? Mm. You know, how can you be there for them? And you've kind of touched on this, you know, in terms of your mum praying mm. and you sharing with Edmund, you know, your sister calling. And you've even mm. mentioned about how you and your sister, you've you started this, you know, mums and baby group so like what advice would you give to let's just say a spouse a partner you know a good friend a family member of someone who's actually experiencing postnatal depression what would you say to them so that they don't feel they're helpless although they want to help that person you know I think just knowing that I can just talk and be real with my husband with my mum with my sister and then being able to sit and listen and not say anything like well you've been silly or right, you yeah, see what blessing yeah. you have I know I have mm, that blessing I know yeah. I just need to let you know what's going on in my head yeah just having that having my husband there having my mum there I mean I get emotional thinking about it because I think if I was if, if they tried to silence me I think that would have just made things even worse and it was very mm. hard because I know my sister and my husband were like they did they those are two who really really know me and it was hard mm. for them to see me like that it was very I just was I just all I needed was just to talk you know mm. I've got I've been in being down and low and, and I thank God for my mum because she was praying she was praying I know Edmund was praying my sister I remember she sent me scriptures put them somewhere scriptures rented out on card of mm. like encouraging scriptures for me to declare or, or mm. pull up somewhere for me to read so that I'm constantly filled with the word of God even if it, mm. I wasn't feeling it at that moment but just to keep them myself and I remember yeah. her doing that and it just was not kind of like hurry up and get through this mentality mm. like oh why are you still mm. feeling like this just mm-hmm. listening and I know for me I love to talk I do love to talk and all I ask is for people to listen and when <laughs> the fact that they could listen <laughs> to me was just gold anybody who's going through that, that if they've got someone who they can just be real not not put this pretend smile on and you know pretend that everything's okay yeah, I'm okay Okay, I'm okay. When you know deep down you're being really rubbish, it's mm. just talk about it and have mm-hmm. someone to pray with you or just be there at the other end of the phone and mm. someone who can, who's actually been there through it as well. So you don't feel like am I the only person around me? Because that's saying earlier. I'm lo- I was literally looking like I would speak to this person. And say, oh, I never went through that. Brilliant. And when I finally found someone, he said, Yeah, I went through that. Good God, mm. I feel alone in this. You know, that mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. 
you mentioned how when you were pregnant, a good friend mentioned mm-hmm. to you, you know, be careful about the, or be mindful about the baby blues. Mm-hmm. If there was any advice that you could give to someone, mm-hmm. um, particularly a newly expectant mother, what would it be like what would you say that may help them to be more prepared yeah or be helpful given that they may not experience postnatal depression but yeah is there anything that you think you could give to someone that's expectant i would say to them do not push away support if someone is saying can i help you even if you are a couple you, you know it's you and your spouse and the child irrespective if someone's saying okay let me help you out you know help you with the baby be or help you with so that mm. at least you feel you've got some time to yourself or some time with the baby or some time just to go out but then also it's saying to a new mum it's knowing what you know are your strengths and what your personality type is you know yeah, I know my true. personality type now was being around people but I didn't realize mm. how that would affect to me and probably telling mm-hmm. them that look be mindful you might not leave the house your place for a good couple of weeks so Put things in place where you can potentially feel like you're not alone and isolated. This mindset of, oh, I don't want to disturb this mum. She's going through this. I think also because um, Edmund's paternity leave was pretty short. So you can feel Mm. very alone and very isolated. You can feel that it's a lot by yourself, but that's not the case. It's just surrounding yourself, you know, and as many people as possible if you can do so. Brilliant. On that note, we've ended with you being encouraging, (laughs) which is is the Samantha I know. (laughs) So um, thanks for sharing and being so open, you know, with your experience. I'm sure sure many people are going to, really learn and be encouraged by that sharing and if you're listening thank you for joining me on Mary Liar Talks hope to see you next time here's a couple of spiritual wellness tips that you can meditate on the first is John chapter 10 verse 10 and it reads the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The second is 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, which reads, Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Thank you for listening. Do follow and join me again next time on Mary Liar Talks Beyond the Smile.